Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. This is Inspiring Women, and I am Lori McGraw. This is our final episode of 2022, and we today are speaking with Alyssa Jaffe. She is a partner at Seven Wire Ventures. She is a very well-known name in venture and all things healthcare and innovation, having spent a number of years um, in venture, angel investing, and the advisory board before that. And Alyssa, I'm delighted to be speaking to you today. You are too kind, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. All right. Well, let's just get into it. So this, um, you know, this has been a big year for healthcare. I think we're coming out of the pandemic and, you know, it seems like there's no stopping to the innovation train um, there. But before we talk about that, Alyssa, I want to really start with, you know, sort of what does day-to-day look like? You are very involved in sort of the innovation space in healthcare at Seven Wire, but what do you do day-to-day at Seven Wire? Sure. So, Again, Alyssa Jaffe, I'm a partner at Seven Wire Ventures, and our fund focuses on investing exclusively in digital health companies under the thesis we call the informed, connected health consumer. So everything that we do is all about empowering people to be better stewards of their own health. We're an operator-driven model, so we do fewer deals. We get very involved with our companies and really help to drive growth. And for us, we both invest in companies and start companies, most notably the managing partners of my firm, Glenn Tolman and Lee Shapiro started a business called Livongo, which they took public and then merged with Teladoc Health for an $18.5 billion transaction. We've started three other businesses to date, um, most recently a women's health company focused on college-age women. And our LP base is about 60% strategic, so plans, providers, pharma, self-insured employers work with us and work with our companies to drive growth. And so what do we, what do I do every day? What does that look like? We are all operators. Um, so we are all builders of healthcare companies. And our focus is really on helping to do whatever it is that we need to do with our companies. We're in the trenches with them daily. So at least 50% of my time is always going to be spent on the portfolio. And that can be a lot of different things, helping our company solve a specific problem, uh, working with them on a specific transaction, And not just making a customer introduction, sending an email, but either getting on the Zoom, sometimes getting on the airplane and helping them to close that business. 90% of our companies sell to the same people. And so for us, we build a lot of those relationships. So other parts of our time are spent on um, driving those relationships, whether it be plans or employers, providers, getting to know them uh, for relationships for our companies, other investors who can invest in our firm meeting new companies, sourcing deals on the pipeline side, um, and helping to think about what some of those companies can do to be successful. And then ultimately, um, you know, here we're, we're running a business too. And so working with the team, um, you know, working to do some, some operational uh, infrastructure and 
or organizational challenges that we need to overcome or that we need to do to make sure that Seven Wire is also the best place to work. So ultimately, it's it's very fun. There's so much to do here. It's it's kind of never ending, but um, but we're thought leaders. What we do is we spend a lot of time thinking thematically about areas for investment and and really try to do our best to share that externally and um, and share that with with other digital health leaders. So what you just went through, Alyssa, is um, sounds exciting. And certainly there is a lot going on in the area of the digital health space and innovation, but you're not just like any other venture fund and you particular, in particular are not just any other partner at a venture fund. You're one of the top ones that are out there. You've been recognized by many different organizations, Fierce Healthcare um, and the like. So why are you so particularly good at it? Why are you recognized as one of the top women in venture? Um, and I know you are a humble person, so you might say, oh gosh, gee whiz, not me, but you are. So what makes you so particularly great at this? You are so kind. And I am going to say that. Oh, gosh, gee whiz. That, um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this, is, this is the long life. Again, it takes a very long time to know what success looks like in venture. And, and frankly, um, my job is addicting. I get to see the future every day. And um, my my job is to choose to which future to back. And, uh, you know, what, what makes success? I think a lot of times in venture, there are pickers and there are makers. And I'll tell you all the reasons why, you know, I think we're good pickers, but at the end of the day, we have to make great companies. It takes five, seven, sometimes 10 years to build these businesses. And oftentimes many venture investors are kind of spray and pray investors, throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks, do a ton of deals, show up maybe once a quarter, um, offer a couple of, of, you know, insights or or areas of wisdom and then, and then go on to the next. And for us, it's about, you know, how do we with you every day, every week, every month, whatever it is that you as a CEO needs to be successful. And that's how you make great companies. And it's really focusing on the building aspect. Um, it also is having conviction and strength and in knowledge of, of really where we see the market. So again, I mentioned where we are thematic investors. We spend a lot of time thinking about where we think there's material opportunity for growth where we think that there's white space in different markets and we go after it. And by the way, if we don't find it, we have no problem rolling up our sleeves and actually building it ourselves or taking an existing asset and um, and and pivoting it into a bigger market opportunity. So having vision and conviction is, is really where I, I think that there's success. What also comes with that though, in terms of being good at something is the confidence and knowing that you're helping and um, sort of like getting in the way and getting out of the way um, at all the right times. So what have you learned along the way that you feel is, you know, call it your superpower, call it your, you know, whatever you think it is that makes you particularly excellent at what you're doing. And let's just like call that a fact. You're excellent at what you do. So what is it? And what did you learn to sort of like hone those skills? I learn every day. That is the best part about this job is there is never a day where something interesting isn't said to me or happens um, or insight that's driven that I, I just didn't see. And it's, it's really um, an unbelievable opportunity to be a part of a, a journey like like venture and, and a business like seven wire. Um, 
you know, for me, I'm a big fan of what's called strength finders. So to your point, Lori, of, of you know, what, what are you good at? What are you not? Um, my, my, my number one strength is a woo. It's winning others over. And I think for me, um, I love being externally facing. I love learning. I have a huge and insatiable uh, intellectual curiosity, but I also have a lot of passion. And one of the things I love the best is, is convincing others to be as passionate as I am about things. And that lends itself well in a number of, of folds. One is getting deals done internally, right? Um, you know, having conviction to, to know the types of founders and businesses that you want to back um, and getting internal consensus to do so. Two is uh, with potential customers for, for our companies and getting them excited about all of the different solutions they get pitched on a daily basis. Why is this something that they have to take a look at? And then LP is the folks that give us money um, who really partner with us strategically and, and um, creating a platform and an energy about why it is that 7Wire is, is really the, the best partner for them. Well, you've been really um, launching some great new companies, whether it's Folks Health or Caraway or others. And so, you know, I'd love to know both what you're excited about right now in the digital health space, but then I'd also like to know um, what haven't you started exploring yet that you're interested in or thinking of um, looking at in terms of things that you're not currently um, launching just yet? Sure. So I mentioned at the offset, our, our investment thesis is the informed, connected health consumer. So we think about, Lori, how are you and I getting access to our own information, connecting into the system to improve our health outcomes? For us, consumer-directed care is the vision, and that's our overarching thesis. That said, there's a number of areas we're really excited about. Women's health, Can we just built, you mentioned Caraway. Um, a business focused on helping young women gain independence and agency in their healthcare journey. But there's so much more opportunity in women's health that we can talk about. Uh, behavioral health, mental health, particularly severe mental illness. We backed a business called No CD, focused on obsessive compulsive disorder, aging in place, and really helping um, both family caregivers and their aging loved ones. We built a business called Home Thrive vulnerable populations. This is where I'd see something like a, a folks health for LGBTQIA plus or a same sky health uh, focused on a multicultural a platform to, to support multicultural populations. And then we look at verticalized solutions for chronic condition management. This is where something like a Lavango would be held or a Zurigo, which is focused on chronic skin. And then Maybe finally, uh, looking at health events, things that happen to you. Uh, we are in a business called Jasper, which is focused on helping consumers navigate their cancer care journey. Or MSK, a business called Recovery One, focused on musculoskeletal. So those are just a handful, maybe five or six swim lanes that, that are interesting for us um, and things that I'm, I'm pretty excited about moving forward. You know, areas that I think we probably would would have, have spent time in the past. So there's, there's sort of two ways to answer this. One is things to revisit and come back to. Um, one, this is you know near and dear probably for you, but we've in the past spent a ton of time on cardiac health and thinking about um, cardiology and, and businesses that drive heart health. We never actually made an event and we actually just came back to it. And now we're, we're actively looking for a business in the space. So I think that there's some cyclicality over bets that we didn't make in the past. And now we're, we're interested in re-examining where the market landscape is. And then there's personalized medicine and really thinking about all of the different ways that we can support personalized medicine. So whether it be genomics, um, whether it be individualized care, 
um, and SDOH and, and some of the trends is around food medicine, around functional medicine and things like that. So there's a lot of still opportunity out there, either things that we've looked at in the past or um, you know, things that are that are newer and emerging in, in digital health. Well, just as we started the conversation, I mean, there is so much going on in the digital health space, the connected consumer um, space, but I also really do appreciate your comments on it is a long game. I mean, we also know that the statistics in healthcare for all the money that's been invested, the amount of impact that we've had thus far, we're just not, we, we haven't really bent that cost curve. We really haven't improved outcomes at scale yet. And that is hopefully in front of us. And, you know, all of these different areas that you mentioned, um, I agree, they are exciting. Um, And, you know, certainly I'm rooting for all of them um, as somebody who's deeply interested um, in all of these spaces as well. Maybe, um, Alyssa, I can just move to a couple of things more. You've also been such a terrific advocate for women, other women leaders, helping reach out to younger women professionals, bringing them along with you. So I want to talk a little bit about that. You've also um, uh, are well known for an article that you wrote about women, you know, stop asking us about balance. It's really, you know, we just don't have it and um, it's not coming anytime soon. So maybe just, you know, the obvious question, how do you in your own life with young children, a very bustling career um, that continues to grow, how are you managing balance and work and life and, or is it all one thing for you? I I welcome the question, Lori, because my answer is there is no such thing as balance. And that's why I ended up writing an article for Fortune, um, which hopefully maybe Lori can link to the, the podcast notes after this. But it it's really about the act of being unbalanced is balance. It's every day we make choices and decisions to lean into one thing and having comfort in the decisions we make is really where the balance lies. I have three kids. I have three boys um, under the age of five. So obviously life is crazy. I travel for my job. My um, husband has a very intense job as well. And it's, it's, there is no silver bullet of this is kind of perfection specifically of how you think about managing what is best for you and your family and your career. And some days I will go to health HLTH for four days because it's, um, you know, a lot of bang for your buck, but at the same time, it's four days away from home. I'm in Las Vegas. I'm sleeping five hours a night and, you know, coming home to, to two of my three kids being sick and that happens. Right. And it's just, it's, it's the balance across the week that matters. And other days, it's turning down speaking opportunities. It's choosing to maybe dial into a board meeting instead of going in person because it's just not the right thing for my family. And it's it's not made in a macro level. It's every day, every minute, making choices about about what's important in that moment. And you know, I do like to say we work hard to have a good life, and we want to make sure that we ha- we always have. Um, I, I love my family and I love my kids and my husband. And I, 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 um, we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what's quality time together, but I also love my job and my career and getting out of bed every morning. You mentioned the story, like it, we are a mission driven organization every single day. We get out of bed to change the future of healthcare. And that's incredibly important. And, um, it feels important and, and, you know, I feel the gravity of it. So 
I don't know if this answers your question, but it's it's really just um, I try to be comfortable with whatever decision I make. I choose to travel and you know being there, being present, um, and and being productive, and then coming home and being present and being productive as well. Um, you know, taking breaks, five thirty, seven thirty. My kids still go to bed early. Not being on calls, not being online, spending time with my family, and I do plenty of calls at eight o'clock at night with my CEOs, and I don't mind it. Um, I like it. It's quiet. It's actually sometimes a more thoughtful time to really work on mole over a strategic issue. And I'm not taking away time from, from my kids. Well, what I hear so loud and clear as you talk about what you do, what you're involved in, your family, um, there's passion behind it and there's joy um, in it. And so it seems like that it seems to be a North star for you that you need to love what you're doing. And then balance is secondary to, um, the enjoyment of what you're doing. Have you ever left something, left a job or uh, at any point in your career, because you just simply didn't like it? I think I've not taken job offers, mm-hmm. um, and opportunities because it was, um, it, it wasn't the right thing for my life. Um, and I, as I've gotten older and you know, hopefully a little more wiser in my career, I've also honed in on what matters the most that, it, you know, doing generalist investing is really fun. It's very cool. It's very cool to look at like consumer technologies and robotics companies. But again, this is kind of all I care about is healthcare. I, this is my calling and my mission and I will spend this life and a million lives over trying to fix healthcare and trying to build a true north of the informed connected health consumer. So I I don't know if I'd say like, you know, things were that stark, but you know, each opportunity, you don't always know what you want until you're in something and maybe there's something missing and that leads you to the next opportunity. Well, it seems to certainly be working. And as I said before, I am rooting for you every step of the way. There is so much, there's opportunity, but the opportunity to truly make an impact um, in this space will um, change the lives of so many people. And that is clearly important. Alyssa, as we close out on this year, 2022 of Inspiring Women, um, I always love to close out on best advice for others. And if you could just think about, you know, so many other women who are aspiring, intending to become leaders, want to have those types of opportunities, what nugget might you share? And there's probably a million of them that you have, but, but, but just a nugget that worked for you that might work for someone else? Well, my, my best advice is there's no such thing as strangers. And I think so many women feel that they have to do it alone. And, and don't, don't tell my kids that lesson, <laughs> but you know, as we get older, it's, there's so many people in your life that can come back and can be helpful and instrumental and supportive and, and, you know, all the listeners, I don't, you know, I, I, Lori, like the community that you're building is so amazing and, and what you've done and, and you to me as a mentor and as a friend. And I think it's just continuing to embrace community. And I think women often feel that they're on an Island alone or they can't ask for help. And I want you know, all of your listeners to feel that they can, because that's really rise and tide raises all ships. 
Well, I couldn't agree more. And that is just such a great way to close out this season of Inspiring Women. I've been speaking with Alyssa Jaffe. And Alyssa, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.